I'm Aria Schwartz. And I'm Rachel Gallagher. And welcome to the Windsider Show, where it's all about the W. The semifinals have been beyond epic. One team punched their ticket to the finals, while the other series got pushed to five. So let's dive in. like our show please consider joining our patreon community patreon.com backslash windsider for less than a cup of coffee a month you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the w and don't forget to see our amazing staff's written content over at windsider.com that's windsider.com if you're trying to get tickets for the WNBA finals look no further thanks to our sponsor tick pick you don't have to worry the original no fee ticketing site and official ticketing partner of the WNBA champion Chicago Sky. Use the link TICKPICK.com backslash Windsider for all your upcoming ticket purchases for the WNBA, NFL, NBA, or any other event. That's TickPick.com backslash Windsider. We have to talk about Vegas. We have to talk about the Vegas Seattle game first, right? Like, Vegas punches the ticket to the finals in a ridiculous fashion. Chelsea Gray is a beast among beasts, like having the greatest run in playoff history, men's NBA, women's WNBA, whatever it is, she's breaking records um, and dethroning your favorite point guard or player of all time while she does it. Now, side note, I saw somebody tweet out that, uh, Chelsea Gray also had a ridiculous game when the Sparks beat Minnesota in the playoffs, and it was Maya Moore's last game. So maybe uh, Chelsea Gray is like the, I don't know, the bone, the grave digger or something. But should we talk about MVP first? The game, I want to talk about the game first. Then we'll get into MVP. It was just announced Asia Wilson's MVP. We'll get into it. Oh, my God, Chelsea Gray, Rachel. I mean, yeah. It, it, it was almost like she was just punishing people, you know? Like, it was just... A level of, I get chills thinking about it. Um, what Chelsea Gray is doing right now is, is absolutely out of this world. Unbelievable. Elevating her play to already a phenomenal player, but to elevate her play to the way she is right now, single-handedly taking over games and destroying any of the Seattle Storm hopefuls, um, hopes <laughs> of pushing this to to a game five. I mean, Chelsea Gray is out of this world. She, she literally destroyed dreams last night. Um, it, and she it was ridiculous. Rachel. Good. So good. Rachel, like real quick, 31 points for gray. She kept true. Like her stat line. This, this playoff so far has been 60 plus field goal percentage mm-hmm. on top of that shooting 50% from three. And as we all know, She's she's the point god. Like she's gonna get crazy assists, ten assists last night, and it wasn't even like the crazy. Like it wasn't even. I don't even. There's just so much to talk about here. The thing that I keep thinking about is many years ago, sitting after the Washington Mystics beat the LA Sparks in the playoffs, sitting in that press conference with Neca, Chelsea, and Candice, and honestly, they all looked at each other and said, "Look, at the end of the day, like if we want to take that next step, if we want to be." that undeniable champion it's going to be on the back of Chelsea Gray she's going to be that player Mm -hmm. 
few years went by and we didn't see that growth. And that was constantly the knock against her, right? Is like, when are we going to see her? Like, she's already in the star sphere, but will she elevate herself to that legendary, unforgettable playoff run? And not only is she doing that, but I think she surpassed what anybody thought was possible. It's it's that ridiculous at this point. Um, should we talk about the other players or like, does it even matter? <laughs> I just think it's I think it's just fascinating to see what Chelsea Grace done this year and hey like for the record she she wasn't even an all-star you know like like I agree I think you bring up some really good points you know thinking back to those 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 years in LA um and then it kind of was like can she do that can she hit that other gear you know there started to be just some some cracks and questions of okay what what is this going to look like what is especially when she got to Las Vegas and this is just unbelievable. I mean, the, the show that she's putting that she's putting on, the level of play that she has elevated her game to, I'm going to go ahead and say it right now. If, if Chelsea Gray is doing what she's doing consistently, I don't think anyone's beating them. I really don't. If yeah. Chelsea Gray is doing what she's doing, and then you already have Asia Wilson, Kelsey um, – um, oh, my God, help me. Yeah, Kelsey Plum um, – and then you've got Jackie, Jackie Young. I mean, all of those players that have been really solid and consistent. I mean, then you, you throw in Chelsea Gray and what she's doing is, is unbelievable. I, I don't think anybody can beat them if they can maintain this level of production and just consistency across the board. That doesn't mean they're not going to have moments where they struggle. But I've said it time and time. I said it yesterday in the podcast. You know, it comes down to players have got to hit shots. You've got to make plays. You've got to make the free throws at the end, at the end of games. You've got to, you know, be able to hit clutch shots. Who else is doing that right now outside of the Las Vegas Aces across the board? And, 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 and at the, the head of that is Chelsea Gray. Well, I'm glad you said across the board because – the only player on Las Vegas Aces to take a shot who did not shoot 50% or higher was Raquana Williams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Raquana was still a plus eight. Uh, and, and, you know, shout out to Jackie Young, 18 points, three, three for three from the three point line, five for five from the uh, free throw line, five rebounds, um, three turnovers, but we can, we can ignore that one. Um, 18 points, just a ridiculous match. And some of those threes were just daggers. And, Kelsey Plum, 15 points, six for 11. Uh, Asia Wilson, the MVP, going for 23 points, eight for 15. But Chelsea Gray, the the thing about Chelsea Gray's game was, I mean, she was covered like, there's some horrible analogy that like uh, water on on a boat, like (laughs) water surrounds an island. Like she was locked down. And she was hitting everything. It didn't matter who was covering her. What? On Chelsea Gray? Yeah. There were some clutch moments down the stretch where Seattle miscommunicated. Oh, Oh, for the daggers. But I'm saying, I would say that for the majority of the game, she had one to two defenders in her face. Rachel, we'll go back and we'll watch the tapes and we'll count it off. Like how, like what? She took 22 shots. I would I would argue that easily 15 of them she had one one if not two defenders in her face. And and the thing was is like so many of them were like oh like you're in the moment and you know okay there's no way she's missing them. But in the back of your head you're like can a player really sustain this insane scoring output and and high percentage 
forever. So like in my mind, I'm like, okay, when's it not going to drop? But it just doesn't happen. She just keeps hitting it. And, and even the shots that don't look that beautiful, like I'm thinking that top of the key, like clock expiring, just chucked it up and somehow went in crazy three point shot. Like I the mean, ball's on her side. But that, but that's just, it takes heroic performances, cons- consistent, multiple heroic performances to pull off a championship. And, and we could look at the other side of the table and talk about Brianna Stewart. I mean, holy my God, like 42 points, 14 of 22, shot 64% from the field, six of eight from the three-point line. Can anybody help her out? And, three and, blocks, and, three blocks. And, <laughs> Come on. Sounds harsh considering Jewel Lloyd on the other side, you know, on the other end of it had 29, nine of 21. But after that, that was about it. 71 points from two players. And they were, they, they combined the team for a total of 92. I mean, look, Sue Bird's obviously going to be upset about that game, ending her career, eight assists, two for six from three, three for eight overall, eight points total, um, and, and four turnovers. Definitely not how you want to end your career but you look at this and and the crazy part is it was vegas's defense like vegas's defense coming out of the second half where the storm had that slight lead and it was it was so intense it was whoever touched the ball you were going to be in that like it 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 had the, the the emotions the feel i mean i didn't breathe for the whole second half but it had the emotions and the feel of like that last minute of play when the defense knows like dial it up to 20, like it doesn't even matter right now. That's what they did for the whole, the whole second half. And it felt like at times they really got under their skin and threw them off. I mean, Stewie struggled in the third quarter, finally started getting going again in the fourth, hitting some shots to keep them in there. Jewel Lloyd was ridiculous at times too, but like Literally, Ezzy no points. Brian January, Epiphany Prince, no points. Talbot gives the, the only three points off the bench. Um, Tina Charles goes one for seven, two points. Talk about Tina Charles, right? Like, you yeah. sign her. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm going to throw some shade. I'm going to make some comments here that people are probably going to be upset about. They're lighthearted. They're not meant in a mean way. But, like, Tina Charles, you opening press conference in Seattle, what did you say? You said, oh, I'll retire when I stop getting doubled. You're not getting doubled right now, right? Oh, I wanted to go to a team that was contending for a championship. You go one for seven in a do or die game, 0 for two from from the free throw line and just nine rebounds. I mean, what are you doing? Like, that's not what, and and honestly, I'm going to throw this. Sorry, Rachel, I'll let you talk in a sec. I, I just want to throw this out there. At a certain point, when do we start talking about Quinn and where this lies on the coach? Because in my mind, there were certain lineups that just weren't working and as should have got more than 10 minutes, she was literally the only player on their team that had a positive plus minus. I understand that's a simplistic way of looking at things, but at the end of the day, Tina Charles is not shooting well that game as is more athletic as he has those skill sets. I understand she, she kept her hands down in the other game, but like, I just feel like there was a point where, a more experienced, a better coach might have stepped up and possibly, possibly changed the outcome for Seattle. I, I'm not prepared to like go down that that rabbit hole yet. I think that Quinn made some good adjustments. I think that, you know, like 
it's just year two, year one and a half, whatever, whatever the hell it is right now for her. Um, I don't, I mean, here's the thing. If, if, if Seattle makes one free throw, if Tina Charles makes one free throw, this is going to five games, you know, I mean, Seattle had opportunities to win and you're relying on veteran players to, to, to close it out. And I mean, for me, I've been, I've, I've been saying, oh, it's Jewel Lloyd. She's the X factor. They, they need that other tier, that other level of scoring. I mean, Jewel, Jewel Lloyd, she was scoring. Tina she Trump, did it. You can't go one for seven. You know, you, that's, that, that was your big midseason signing. I mean, you know, we all know what Tina Charles can do offensively, but, you know, you can't go one for seven and you can't miss crucial free throws down the stretch. You know, I, I'm not sitting here blaming that on, because you could look at the course of the game, you know, as he kept inexperienced, keeping her hands down in a late game situation. I mean, we could talk about just this series. So the cows come home. I don't know, you know, that like you can say, Oh, this is Quinn's fault. I don't agree with that. I think you, you, you have, you have to hit shots. You have to be clutch. And there are some veteran players on the Seattle storm that did not run rise to the occasion. You know, I mean, think, think about it. Even Sue Bird hit that huge clutch corner three to give him a chance. I mean, we're literally talking about one free throw and a couple other made shots. And this is a completely different scenario. I mean, that's the margin of error of how, how close this is. So like, yeah, I think, I think Quinn's probably learning quite, quite a bit. I think this is extremely disappointing. I am very shocked and disappointed that Seattle went home and lost two in a row. I, I never, ever, ever would have imagined that's how this in, team would have been In out. the new arena, too. And now, let me be clear. I'm not saying this falls upon Quinn's shoulders. Granted, in the grand scheme of things, like a lot of it does end up being on the coach. I'm not saying that. There there was mistakes throughout. And, and I am a well-documented Quinn hater. So, like, take all of this with a grain of salt. Like, I've been... I've been a I've been a Quinn hater. I I don't think that like, but I'm not saying like I hate her. I'm saying in the sense of like, I don't think she was the right coach for this team to win. And there have been some questionable calls. Like I look at Quinn. If you give me, you know, Tanisha Wright or Quinn, I'm taking Tanisha Wright. If you give me like, it's just in comparison to other available options of head coaches, I'm going to be siding with them probably. Um, but completely agree. It comes down to like somebody else has to step up. We kept saying it was Jewel Lloyd. Jewel Lloyd does step up and everybody else kind of disappears. Um, so at the end of the day, like I I feel like and and I don't know if there'll ever be a point where. Excuse me, anybody will speak to this, but it almost felt like the gravity of the situation hit them at halftime. Like they understood this could be Sue's last game. They understood how important each possession was. And we even saw there was, um, I want to say Holly Rowe was like listening in on one of the huddles and mentioned that Sue basically said to them, like, we're not going to win this game by hitting one big shot. We're going to win it slowly. Calm down. Take a breath. We have time. And I feel like in a similar sense, we saw this in Minnesota where Minnesotan player, Minnesota players were trying to do too much for Sill. I think at a certain time there was some players trying to do too much for Sue Bird just out of the love. Um, any final thoughts on, on that match? I also should say that like at the end of the day, like even if Seattle won that game, even if, you know, they hit those free throws, whatever, like part of me very strongly believes it wouldn't have mattered because Chelsea Gray was going to pull something out of her hat and seal the game 
however it went. You know, there was a period of time when I said, basically when Seattle won, won their the last Seattle win, um, I was like, man, Seattle is playing the best basketball at any team right now. <laughs> and then everything like happened in that second game and it was an absolute emotional roller coaster. And as it always is, um, and, and Vegas has just found a way to, to pull this ahead. I, I'm just, I can't, I can't get past the fact that Seattle wasn't able to find a way to win one of these games at home. I think it's really disappointing. Um, and I agree with you though, you know, say it does get pushed to five and, and you could see like even the media last night, even the broadcast crew, I felt like everybody was prepared for this to go to five. Everybody thought Seattle would pull it out. Nobody was like really emotionally prepared for the end of Sue Bird's career and Brian January's career. Like it was kind of like, Oh shoot. As the game was going on, everybody was starting to realize like this could really happen right now. And then Las Vegas just ripped everybody's hearts out. Um, but I agree. I mean, had this gone to, to five and it goes back to Vegas, you know, I, I still think at the end of the day, based on what we've seen, um, is Seattle just didn't quite have enough. I think it's really interesting. I just saw a report on Twitter, haven't a hundred percent verified it, but no exit media interview for Tina Charles, who is the only storm player to opt out, which I think is fascinating. Uh, not probably not the best look considering the last couple. Of I mean, days. pretty classic Tina. I mean, you know, it, it, again, I, I just happened to see a report on that on Twitter. I mean, it's from Percy Allen, so you gotta. I, I trust that. Um, yeah. Wow. So this is it's disappointing. I think Seattle, you know, the direction of this franchise moving forward is massive, massive lingering question marks. Going to be a lot of fun to talk about that in the off season. Um, but yeah, I mean, Las Vegas and 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 the newly named MVP Asia Wilson, um, the host of dominance they have, and they're starting they're starting lineup, and then the way Chelsea Gray is playing right now, I don't know that anyone's beating them. Side this- note, uh, well, let's perfect segue. We've been doing watch parties on playback. It's completely free, no download, a lot of fun. We enjoy it. We chat with people. Uh, we bring our friends on. People who cover the teams uh, have elite basketball minds, people who write amazing articles and do amazing other things content-wise covering the league. The link is getplayback.com backslash room backslash windsider. That's getplayback.com backslash room backslash windsider. Obviously, we'll be doing one for game five. We're bringing the whole Windsider team on. Um, It's going to be a good one. We'll be talking. We have a vintage uh, Detroit Shock jersey that we've been trying to get away, give away, but no one can get the, what I thought, simple trivia questions right to to win it. But hey, eventually someone will get it right. Just announced a few minutes before we started recording. Asia Wilson, MVP of the year. She is just the fifth WNBA player to be named Defensive Player of the Year and MVP in the same season. Yolanda Griffith in 99. Cheryl Swoops did it twice in 2020 and 2022. The legend Cheryl Swoops. Lisa Leslie in 2004. 20, sorry, Cheryl Swoops in 2000 and 2002. Lisa Leslie in 2004. Lauren Jackson in 2007. Asia Wilson in 2022. None of them have ever won finals MVP in that same year. So something to keep your eyes out on. Um, Asia Wilson, historic, epic season. Side note, they announced it to the team in the locker room after the win last night, and somehow it didn't leak out. I mean, I think it was pretty clear. I think all of us knew once Asia won Defense Player of the Year, 
and how the Aces ended the season. At least in my mind, it was pretty clear that Asia was going to win it. Um, I thought the voting maybe would be a little bit closer than it was. Why don't we run down it real quick? Asia Wilson got 31 first place votes and 23 first place votes for Brianna Stewart, whereas Asia Wilson got 24 second place votes and Brianna Stewart got 28 second place votes. Uh, Candace Parker got got one first place vote and one second place vote. And Chelsea Gray somehow got a first place vote. Also, other than that, nobody else got a first place vote. Um, some of the other people were up on it, but shout out to Rachel because you were on the Kelsey Plum MVP train and she ended in third place in the MVPs. So shout out to that, you know, big respect. Um, Rachel, as a big, talk to me about what it means to see Asia Wilson pull in her second MVP of her young, yeah. illustrious career. I mean, she's just so dominant, you know, and, and she continues to expand her game, um, implementing, you know, the ability to, to shoot the ball way more. I mean, she just continues to get better and better and better um, from an efficiency standpoint, just from a, from both ends of the floor, you know, and, and to me, this was not, um, like some years it feels like there's like a glaring obvious, you know, winner for this award. There, you, We could literally sit on this shelf <laughs> for the next three hours and go back and forth. What does MVP mean? Um, how, do you, how do you define it from, from the lens in which you view it? How do I defend, de define it from the, you know, the lens that I view it? That, that is part of the beauty of all these debates. And a lot of people are angry today. A lot of people feel um, justified with it. I think, you know, I, 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 Brianna Stewart has, it, it was really close. You know, it, it feels like it should have been really close for me. And, and in my opinion, I just think Asia Wilson her consistency, the minutes she she has produced on the court, um, the games she has played, her durability, uh, while all while continuing to elevate her play and being on the, the top team in the league this year, you know, and, and Asia Wilson is an absolute, has solidified herself already. Again, very young career, <laughs> only in her fifth season, which is hard to believe, is one of the greatest of all time. And I just think um, it's fun to witness. It's fun to watch her do what she does because just her presence on the floor opens up opportunities for everybody else as, as does Brianna Stewart. And I know you have an argument to make about Stewart and last night's game was a perfect example. Um, is this just the different optics in which you look at what that award means? Um, because, because let's be honest, Asia Wilson is surrounded by the, 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 the third runner up, you know, in, in the MVP category, Kelsey Plum. And then, and then you've got Chelsea Gray, who's playing damn sure like an MVP right now. Um, you know, so the, the ace is stacked in just the level of immediate play around her, where you could arguably make a, a case for a few of those players. Whereas on the Seattle Storm, Brianna Stewart, I mean, literally throwing this team on her back and doing everything she can to try and will them into the finals they're not even in this situation if it's not for Stewart and I know that's the the angle that you see it as yeah I mean look I I think it was a two-horse race and I think that was pretty clear for me it comes down to and I'm not trying to take anything away from Asia like she had a historic season an amazing season one of the like the best team in the league right now like Asia over the past how many years has she even been in the league has it even been six like what she's done in her tiny career so far is mind-blowing. This is, you know, uh, Cynthia Cooper level. This is Maya Moore level. 
this is a streak of dominance that we have not seen of recent. And honestly, like Stewie kind of had that, but then the injuries uh, derailed the, the consistency of year after year after year being like the best player. I mean, Stewie, when she plays, she is fine, whatever my argument for, and I think that this is like a full fledged debate that we, that we saw touched on a little bit, but not enough discussion is just like it, as you touched is MVP the best player on the best team or is it the player who makes their team the best, right? Because that was the argument for Tina Charles being in the conversation last year when she was in uh, DC and she was putting up insane numbers, leading the league and scoring, doing all this craziness, but on a team that was mediocre at best, I completely disagree with that. I think it needs to be a combination of two. It's not inherently the best player on the best team. And it's not inherently the player that, is putting up the best stats, whatever is a combination of the two. Um, so for me, like looking at that in, from that perspective, and obviously the weighing of it, it's like a fine wine, 60% Merlot, 15% uh, cab sav, whatever it is. Um, for me, I, I voted Stewie and Asia was my number two. Um, Cause the, for people who don't know the way the voting works for MVP is you do a list of five and you rank them in order and different points go for, for each position that you place them in. Um, for me, it was Stewie just because all the things we touched on, I think last night, as you said, Rachel, very eloquently, because you stole my words, um, Stewie last night was the prime example of why the argument for her being MVP, right? She puts up 42 points, shot a better percentage than Chelsea Gray in every aspect. And Chelsea Gray is putting up a ridiculous point, ridiculous amount of points, a ridiculous high percentage. Jewel Lloyd steps up, but it, it was really like throughout the season, Nobody else was really there uh, providing for Stewie and Stewie did it. And not only, but like, I think the cool aspect and the exciting thing for, you know, looking back at this year, but also looking forward when you look at Stewie in Asia, not only do we have two of the greatest, the two greatest basketball players in the world right now in their primes going up against each other. But we also have a situation where they are set to go on and like be the shepherds of this league and to be there from the beginning and watch it go through is amazing and and cannot be understated is there was two main people in the MVP discussion and three people in the defense player of the year discussion. Stewie and Asia were in both of those. Like, just let that sink in of like, oh, yes, Asia is the defense player of the year and the MVP this year. But the fact that Stewie was also in that discussion where I don't remember Stewie being in defense player of the year discussion until this year. And I don't remember Asia realistically either. So for both of them to not only be the top players in the league and in the world, but also be growing their game, expanding their game in the offseason. That's the part. That's it for me. That that's the. And how happy are you that they're bigs, Rachel? It's not a guard. You know, I was I, I was the one that was like, shoot, is this the year we're going to have a guard as MVP? You know, so let's look down at some of the breakdowns. I think some of this is fascinating. You had Asia Wilson, 31 first place votes. Brianna Stewart, 23 first place votes. Top five by total points. Wilson, 478. Stewie, 446. Kelsey Plum, 181. Alyssa Thomas, 94. Candace Parker, 78. Candace Parker and Chelsea Gray also each uh, got a first place vote. I think what's fascinating is there was a ballot that did not have Stewart or Wilson on it at all, which I think is fascinating. Completely. Who, 
yeah who phoned it in who <laughs> no because and here's the thing here's the thing you can disagree like and and i feel like when when and i'll, I'll speak for you rachel but like when we yeah, finally completely uh, left off a ballot both of them yeah, i mean uh, who are the voters who well, are the voters? well so that's what i want to say is like rachel and i are like when we were asked to be voters, we take it very seriously. We were very humbled. It was something we wanted for a very long time. And like, we take it very, very seriously. We will analyze and analyze and, and go at and debate and go back at each other and scream at each other and yell at each other. Now, look, you might disagree with who we I voted for MVP. Pretty much every game of the season. Yeah. You, you might disagree who I go for MVP. You might disagree where I vote or, or what, where it is. But at the end of the day, you can't look at me and you can't look at Rachel and go, you're phoning this in your, you know, your bias is showing in a sense of like, you just dislike this, but whatever it is, disagree with who we did, but understand. And, and I would hope that anybody who listens to the pot or anybody who knows who we are understands the amount of time and effort and stress and hair pulling that went into our decisions for all of the votes. That said, I I think part of the reason that we take it so seriously and part of the reason that we put so much pressure on ourselves in this vote, not to pat ourselves on the back, is because of things like that. Is because for years we've seen these ridiculous aspects happen and you're like, well, what the hell is this? Um, and that's why we take it seriously. You know, the, the, this is, this, these are players' legacies. You know, That's this what I'm saying. Of the league. This should be, this should be, as serious as anything else that, that, that a media member can possibly do, you know? And, and it, yeah, I mean, it, clearly I think that there are some question marks um, in, in different voting aspects that have come out um, this, this, the last, you know, few weeks or so in general. I just, I, I think that we should, it should be completely transparent who voted what, what do you think about? Uh, I'm totally down for it. It's funny because people tweet at me as if like we aren't transparent about it and we've been like well, openly talking. Yeah, oh, yeah, good for you. I don't care. You're I'm wrong. actually like <laughs> for everything minus the defensive player of the year. Just, just, just to let you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm defense player of the year, and uh, my all defensive team was off. I mean, I think I had the ten, but I didn't have them in the same like first event, whatever, and then coach of the year, whatever. Let's talk about the Connecticut yeah, Sun game Chicago five. game. Game five was pushed. Ooh. I mean. It's interesting. So I I saw someone tweet this, and I want your take on this. In game three, the Sky played Connecticut Sun basketball and won. In game four, Connecticut played a little bit more Chicago Sky style and won. I I I have some issues with that just because Connecticut did their brand of annoying defense, but they got out and ran it. They pushed it. And they fed the ball through the through JJ um, and through the bigs and fed it out and were able to pull off a handed 24 point victory. Um, reaction thoughts. I know you called it. I think that I the only reason I was able to call it is like that back to that factor that I'm still so shocked of Seattle losing to at home was I, do, I didn't see Connecticut losing to at home. This is such a gritty team. They, they have found ways throughout the course of this entire season. Does that mean, you know, I think they have what it takes to go win a title? I, I don't know. To be honest, I don't know what to expect from this Connecticut Sun team because it looks different every given night. All of these games, they have looked like a different team. 
you know, one night it's volleyball and the other night, you know, they can't, then they can't defend Chicago. And then it's like, Oh, now we're hitting everything. I mean, then you can't hit a shot. I mean, I don't really know what to think about this Connecticut sun team, you know, like it's, it's hard. It's hard to predict. You know, I think that it was, if nothing else, it had to have been a really nice shot in the arm about of confidence for this team to go out there and finish with what one, two, three, four, six players and double figures. I mean, good Lord. Is that the only time this season they did that? <laughs> right. And also, so, wait, craziest part, Rachel, is for what we talked about. And I would have to rewatch the game because obviously when you're doing the playbacks, it's a little bit hard to like dive in and, and fully analyze. But I felt like they were playing through JJ and JJ ends with just 9.7 rebounds, five assists. I mean, film the stat sheet, but like, I think going into this game, if you told me that the Sun pulled off a big victory, I, I would have said, oh, yeah, yeah, and J.J. must have had a monster game. Well, but she impacted the game in so many ways. I mean, we saw in the first half, the moment she got her second foul, or I think it was the first quarter, she got her um, second foul and had to go to the bench. There was like maybe four and a half, five minutes remaining. There was a, 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 a very evident shift. Um, now, granted, Connecticut still won that quarter 30 to 22, but you know, they were able to jump out on such a dominant lead. But when JJ went out, like, and, and remember, like, I was like, man, I want her to be a little more aggressive. I want her to hunt her opportunities. You know, she was getting the ball two feet in the paint and looking to be creative and pass. And I think that that's part of what JJ does. You know, it's not just, Oh, I'm going to go look to get mine every single time I touch the ball. She can facilitate in different ways. You know, her ability to rebound the basketball or ability to five, five assists. You know, I mean, that's, 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 that's a huge area that I don't think gets enough attention. Um, but I mean, the storyline with Connecticut last night was their, their ability to score the basketball. I mean, I, who, who, it's like, it's like Jekyll and Hyde <laughs> between those last two games. And so, you know, what's going to happen? I mean, they ended up, Chicago wasn't, they just felt like they ran out of gas a little bit. Um, now you're going back to Chicago a fairly quick turnaround you get one travel day um and it's it's not been like Chicago was that bad offensively they ended up shooting 48 percent they finished with six players and double figures themselves it just they just didn't have that ability to get out and run and, and create off turnovers and and just they could not slow down Connecticut's offense so I feel like it's going to be somewhere in the middle between Connecticut and their last two games <laughs> you know I would be shocked if they have they lay an egg offensively like they did in game game three, but I would be even more shocked if they come out, you know, shooting 65% tomorrow. Um, but I, I would definitely, I definitely feel like Connecticut's got a lot of momentum. Just seeing the ball go through them, that that goes a long way in, in, in players' eyes. I don't know. I mean, how, I'm how are so, you? I'm so, oh, I'm, this one's so hard. Chicago Sky. Like, I, so here's the thing. It, it doesn't even scare me this last game didn't scare me so much because I think what we've seen throughout the past two years of the Chicago sky is every once in a while, like they're going to have those games. The question is more so like last year, they were able to time those games. So it only happened at convenient times, right? Well, no convenient time to lose by 30, but like, it didn't happen in the playoffs. It didn't happen in that run right before the playoffs. And so, and and for the most part, it's happened so sparingly. I can't imagine like James Wade is one of the most, is one of the top coaches in the league, right? Like I can't imagine 
that he's not going into this with some sort of mastermind plan. I, I, I agree with you that I feel I'm not feeling as worried about Connecticut. Like I feel like they have the momentum here. They have to feel positive, but going into it, I just feel like if you're a betting person, right? Like if you want the secure bet, you go sky, not just because of, of the seating, right? But just in the sense of so many more times this season, we've seen Connecticut come out flat and struggle in a variety of different ways. We know their defense is going to be good and they're going to frustrate you and play physical. The question more so is offensively, are they going to get going? Whereas the sky, like you just know that like the reason I don't feel like the sky can win a championship back to back is, is, is the same, is that same reason, right? If like every once in a while, you know, they're going to lay an egg, but it's not, it's not going to be a consistent egg, right? That's why they're a top team, but you know, they're going to lay an egg here and there. Connecticut, it's just like, it's really a crapshoot when the tip. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, they're going to rely on their ability to rebound the basketball. Do we know they're going to win that battle on the glass? You know, we know they're going to defend. Can, do you have enough offensive firepower to hang in there and give yourself a chance against Chicago? And if, if Chicago comes out shooting in the, in the mid fifties, it's going to be a long night. You know um, it's, I think it's going to be really close. This could easily go either way, you know, I really hope I really hope it's not a blowout. I'll be so pissed. I don't I just don't see that. I just don't see it's a game five of the semis. This is go this is, you know, to go to the WNBA finals. This is something that the Connecticut Sun have been desperately trying to achieve, you know, for for a long time. Is this their time? It may not be the most glamorous thing that we imagined, but I could make an argument that Chicago hasn't been the most glamorous either right now. What one thing I will say for sure. I think we're big. We're, we're due for a really big Candace Parker game, potentially even like a triple double performance. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. Well, all right, now's the time, right? Let's do a pick them. Let me remind you, we'll be doing for this game five. We'll be doing a watch party stream. They're a lot of fun. We do giveaways. Um, honestly, it's just I don't know about you if you're a listener, but often I find myself watching WNBA games alone, looking <laughs> around the room when a crazy game happens, a crazy play happens, screaming. And then my wife from the other room telling me to stop screaming and waking up our child. Um, so if I were you, if if you feel like any connection to that sentiment, join our playback. Join for five minutes. See if you enjoy it. It's a bunch of us talking smack. We do votes, polls, giveaways. It's just nice to have that camaraderie of somebody to watch with. Um, so, yeah, the link is getplayback.com backslash room backslash Winsider. All right, Rachel. I'll go first if you want me to, because my hands are kind of tied. Um, all right. You're not responding. I'll go first. I'm going with the Connecticut Sun. I picked Damn them. Be- I Sorry. I picked them before the season. And, and, and honestly, even though at this moment in time right now, I definitely feel like the sky are going to win. I'm picking the sun. It's that intangible. I picked them from the beginning of the year. We're at this point, game five semifinals to go to the finals. I would just feel like a total liar. And what do we say on the on the streams? Like we're not windsider, we're hillsider, because what we're gonna die on that hill. We're, when we make the the hot take, the prediction, you gotta ride it to the end. Connecticut Sun by five. I mean, I feel like now I just need to be different from you. Well, you can be different by the amount, but I mean, had I'm I got- writing it down. I'm writing I- it down. Had I truly answered that, I was going to say Connecticut Sun. However, because you said Connecticut Sun, I'm going to go. 
I think deep in my heart, I think the Connecticut Sun, but I'm going to say the Chicago Sky. They're at home. They're going to find a way to get themselves back to the finals. Candace Parker is going to be phenomenal. I think Vandersloot is going to be phenomenal. Allie Quigley is going to be hit, knocking down shots. I just feel like maybe Connecticut just offensively isn't going to be able to keep up the way they need to. That's going to be my answer because at this point it changes about every 15 seconds of how I feel about this game so far. You have because, to tell me honestly, by how much, by how much. Chicago sky by three. By three. Okay. I got some by five. Rich has got sky by three. Who are you riding with? I don't know. Any final thoughts, Rachel? We will see you all tomorrow. Game five WNBA semifinals. Everybody. Excited to, to watch it together. Please join us in our next Winsider playback. I don't know when that's going to be, but pay attention to the, the account. RA will tweet it out. Are we doing one tomorrow or do we want to wait till the finals? Oh, no, no, no. We're definitely, we got to do game five. Okay. It's, it's right. game five. I, I've already All lined right. up. Owen will be there. Miles will be there. Matt okay. will be, everyone will be there. Um, Jasmine tomorrow. will be there. And or today, if you're listening today, we will see you there. We'll be screaming. It'll be fun. Have a good one.